And if you know Jesus is better, come on, let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. Yeah. If you were missed, if you didn't get our sermon notes, just raise your hand real high, and uh, one of our ushers will come by and give that to you. Thank you so much. If you have volunteered last week in our kids, students, or adult ministries, parking lot, uh, dance ministry, wherever you volunteered, if you did, whatever campus you joined us from, if you, if you, did, if you uh, volunteered on our global team, well, I want all of you to stand. If you served last week in any capacity, will you stand so we can celebrate you, everybody? Yeah! Thank you. Thank you to all our campuses. Incredible job. What a beautiful picture it was. Thank you. Stay standing. Stay standing. Hold on. Don't sit down yet. To all of you who have not volunteered yet, sign up today <laughs> so that you can. <laughs> uh, by the way, at the end of services today at all our campuses, uh, you've got uh, snow cones, ices, everything. We're just blessing everybody. If you didn't serve, um, we prophetically know you're going to serve so you can get some too. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together. You may be seated. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, on today, we start a new sermon series called Diluting Jesus. Look at the person to your left and say, Diluting Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about today, everybody. Uh, and today, to start it off, we're going to talk about this thing called Diluting the gospel. The first thing we're going to dilute, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how some of you have a horoscope app on your phone, and when you want to know what's up, you go, huh, today will be sunny. <laughs> Capricorn, uh, you will meet somebody today. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, not today, but in this series, sage, and how some of you burn sage for peace because you can't get it from Jesus. We're going to talk about some of you that have the, some of y'all have a Ouija board at home. You don't tell nobody, but you got a little board at home. We're going to talk about some of y'all heroes who are, who are trying to reach to the dead. They live in California. They're trying to reach back to the dead to get some, some information from the day. And some of y'all worship the couple. One look really good and one trying to look good. You'll get it on your way home. We're going to talk about a number of different issues in this series because the problem is that some people are not convinced that God is enough. And so we're starting this sermon series since we had so many people last week. After we have a big uh, bumper crop of people coming in, we'll try to empty the church out. So we're starting a sermon series today that some of you are going to get offended. We're going to try to empty the church out and then ask God to refill it again. <laughs> it's what we do as a church. So here's what we do. We try to find an area where it looks like darkness is winning and then we take the word of God and shine the light of God's word on it because my Bible says the gates of Hades will never prevail against the church. So the way we come up with series is simple. Where's the, where's it look like the devil is winning and then we shine the light of God's word on it. 
So we're suggesting that there are too many Christians today who instead of trusting Jesus have now decided to help Jesus with other sources. And we're about to set the record straight that Jesus is in a class by himself. And he needs no help. But before, so the first one I'm going to talk about is the diluted gospel. Too many people don't know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. And more importantly now, too many people, because you don't know what it is, then you, you embrace something called the American gospel. And you ignore the biblical gospel. No, back in the day, you used to know this because, because back in the day, people would talk about health and wealth, and they would say, it's called the prosperity theology. And back in the day, when it was blatantly obvious, that you would say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a Christian, and since I'm a Christian, then I'm going to be prosperous, and I'm going to demand health. That's called prosperity theology. That means you just claim whatever you want, and it shall be done. And we've had millions of people go astray simply because of teaching that did not, was not supported in the Word of God. Let me help you out. If, if your theology can't work in every part of this world, then it can't work. Then it's not the true theology. It's not the true gospel. So if your gospel can't work in the backwoods of Africa, then it's not the true gospel. Because Jesus didn't die just for Sididi Americans. He did die for the whole world. And since he did, then we got to make sure we are preaching a gospel that's, in, that's consistent with the word of God that reaches to the entire world. So if, you're, if your doctrine and theology and gospel can only work in a capitalistic environment, then it ain't the true gospel. Which is why we have to set it straight. So, let's get going today. I'm going to read one verse, and then I'm going to uh, pontificate a little bit. And then I'm going to have you stand up, and then read a couple more verses. So, let's read the first one. Stay seated. Let's read the first one. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. It's the same trap that is spun on Eve that is spinning on us today. The exact same one. Which is why we go to other things instead of to Jesus. Here's what it says, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. He created Adam and Eve, and they're in the garden. They have everything they can enjoy. And then the devil comes and asks a simple question. Did God really say? In other words, he wants you to believe that God is a great miser in the sky who is holding out on good things that you should get. And he deceived them and he's deceiving us today. That's why you have people walking all around talking about, man, I'm just, not, I'm just not feeling it. And so you go from church to church, conference to conference, experience to experience, because you want to feel stuff. You want to feel, ooh, yeah, I felt it today. I felt it today. That's because you always need something else. Because your own closet life, you with Jesus alone, ain't good enough for you. So since you, don't, since you have not taste and seen that the Lord is good and sweet, then you have to go make stuff up, which is why you keep scrolling every day, waiting on a word, when if you only went to your own closet, pick up the word of God for yourself, read it for yourself, God will speak to your own heart with a customized word for you. But since you're still babies, you got to go drink milk from somebody else. Jesus help us. 
So the devil says, you need something that you don't, you, you by yourself not good enough. So let me help you, which is why he says, uh, for the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Here we go, because this is the goal, and you will be like God. Because he wants you to think you are God. So in America, here's what's happened. We have, we have, we have become our own gods, and now we use Jesus as an accessory. He's the add-on. When you need him, when you need him, you will embrace him and make him the center. But once everything is okay, once your kids are back in their right mind, then you, then you put on the accessory and Jesus is just there to accentuate your life. That's what American gospel has become. Which is why all the enemy wants you to do is to say, and you will be, say with me, like Knowing good and evil. In light of that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you about the gospel before we stand up and read what I want to read. This is all preamble to the message. So, so the gospel is very important for you to know what it is. Because you can, believe it, you can be believing a wrong gospel, which means you ain't saved. So let's see if we can clarify that for us today. Here's what the gospel is. The gospel simply reminds us that there's an event that took place when God created heaven and earth. Then he says, um, God created us, that's you and me, for his glory. Somebody say his glory. glory. One more time, his glory. glory. That's why you were created. God created you for his glory. He didn't create you for your own glory. He created you for his glory. In light of that, he says, number two... Um, therefore, every human being should live for our glory. That's what we live. We're not living for our glory. We're not living for our, um, to the glory of our kids. We're living for his glory. That's why he created us. So if you're not convinced that you exist for his glory, which means all glory means is to make God look good. That's why you exist, to make God look good. Not to make you look good. To make God look good. If, that, if you were convinced of that, you would be careful how you live, what you drive, what you wear. Because some of us are still convinced that we need to look good, not God. Oh, I'm preaching now. I'm coming down your aisle in a minute. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Number three, in light of that, is nevertheless, we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Therefore, that demands a penalty, number four. And the penalty is death. Therefore, we all deserve eternal punishment. Now, listen to me. This is where it gets ugly. That means what you really deserve is death. That means what you, what, what, what's, your, what's due to you is death. The problem is that we are convinced that no, what's due to me is more, not death. That's why people get mad at God. Because they're not convinced that what's due to them is death. What they're convinced is, what's due to me is more than I have now. Uh, what's due to me is everything needs to be fine. What's due to me is, is that everything around me should be blessed and highly favored. And so when you believe that, then you demand it from God. What our American culture has allowed us to embrace is that, God, I deserve some stuff, so you better give me some stuff. Come here. Come on with me. Next one, this is very important. Therefore, number five, don't you ever forget this. Yet in, say this next phrase with me, his great mercy. If you don't get his great mercy, then you don't understand the gospel. 
You deserve eternal punishment. And God says, because of my great mercy, I'm going to take the penalty for you. Therefore, you owed God everything, and he gave you his very best. No, 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 don't miss it. He says what you must understand is that you are indebted to God for the rest of your life, which is why you run up in here and praise God the way you do, which is why you're supposed to come in here and say, because of his great mercy, that's why I'm here. Because of his great mercy, I have life. Because of his great mercy, I have breath. Because of his great mercy, I have a family. Because of his great, it's not that I deserved it, it's because of his great mercy. So therefore, if he takes something that I think is mine, but really was his, that he allowed me to steward, then I can't get mad because it was never mine in the first place. This is so very important. Because if you miss this, that's why people can't survive in marriage. That's why marriages look like the rest of the world. Because you don't believe in his great mercy. That's why you can owe some, you can believe your spouse owes you something and they're going to pay up because they owe me, they owe me, they owe me. And you walk around arrogant, not realizing, whoa, 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 whoa. The only reason why you can even talk the way you're talking is because of his great mercy. So therefore, what he has given to you, you must now give to somebody else. And if you believe that you don't need to give anything to anybody because what you did to God is not as bad as what they did to you, then you don't know the gospel. Then you're not a believer. Because if you're a believer, you know, what I deserve is my death. But for his great mercy. It's the only way you can live this Christian life. The reason you want to get even, the reason when somebody wronged you, you want to get even, is because you don't understand that you wronged God, and he could have gotten even, but he did not. He showed you his great mercy. This is so important and pivotal of the life, which then goes to the last one, number six, which says, therefore, eternal life is a free gift to all who will trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Know what? Is the truth. Jesus Christ saved you. Now you can have access to God. Here's the, here's the question. But what's the real prize? The real prize is not heaven. That's a byproduct of the real prize. The real prize is that you get to have a relationship with Jesus. That's the prize. The prize is that you get to hang out with him, have a relationship with him, and to live like him. That's the prize, not heaven. Some of you got saved because you didn't want to go to hell. That's the byproduct. So somebody, listen, somebody scared you into making a decision for Jesus. No, no, no. There are three types of, reward, there are three types of, um, of um, rewards in the Bible. There are three types of motivations in the Bible. Love, reward, and fear. The one that's used the most is fear. The reason fear is used the most is because it deals with immature people. So people who don't love God a lot, God has to say, I'm feeling zappy if you don't obey me this time. <laughs> the second most used one is rewards. Hey, if you do this, then you'll go to heaven. The one that is for the most motivated people and the most passionate people is love. So the reason you want a relationship with God is because of his great mercy that showed the ultimate love. So now that you are forever indebted to God, 
because he died for you, then anybody that comes across your path that's in need of your great mercy knows your job to give it to them. Because if you won't give it to them, then why should God give it to you? If you name the name of Jesus Christ and you're a believer, you don't go get even. You do to others what the person who did it first to you did to you. What did Jesus do to you? But for his great mercy, he gave his only son so that you can be set free. All of this is important because it flies in the face of the American gospel. By the time I'm done today, you're going to wish I would get on a plane and go back to Jamaica. Some of you might even buy me a ticket today. You might say, hey, you know what, dog, just, just, just go back where you come from, where they don't have nothing down there. Just go down there and, and, and leave us alone with our, with our, with our prosperity. Therefore, here, here's how you know you're struggling with the real gospel. They're called the four enemies of the heart. Go to them real quick. Number one, the first enemy of the heart is this thing called I-O-U. That's because you did somebody to somebody that hurt them, and all of a sudden you're walking around guilty with your head down because you think, oh, my gosh, I'll hold them for the rest of their lives. They'll never forgive me. And you're walking around not knowing your identity. It's your job to realize who you are and whose you are. And when you do, you'll realize that, all you, that you don't have to walk around with guilt because as long as you confess it to the creator, to Jesus, he says, I'll forgive you. It don't matter what they do. Therefore, you don't owe nobody nothing. Number two, however, here's the second one. When you owe me, that's when somebody did something to you and they, you're angry at them, but because of his great love to you, he could be angry at you, but he's not. Therefore, what you ought to do is forgive them. Because of his great love. And if you don't want to forgive them, you don't know the gospel. Because to whom much have been forgiven and given, to much is expected. Well, you've been forgiven of everything. Number three, then, in light of that, here's the root. I owe me. Which means many of you walk around thinking, I deserve this. I deserve this. This is what I need. It's time for me to get my boo. I need my boo. And God, what are you waiting on to give me my boo? Some of you, God, I need a redo on marriage. And you need to give me another spouse because the one I got ain't that good. And some of you walking around. The other day, for real, true story. The other day, and what we're struggling with is greed. Just because somebody has something don't mean you need to have it too. That's the American gospel. Listen to me, everybody. I went to somebody's house Friday night, and they have, um, were walking around serving a whole lot of food and stuff. And then one of the, the guys were walking around, and a plate dropped. Splinters everywhere. And um, so then, you know, we tried to get a little broom and a little dust pan and do it. And then, and then the bride of the house came out with a little vacuum. I ain't never seen one like this in my life. And all of a sudden, she just goes... It's all clear. You can see through everything. You can see the little splinters coming up into the little bubbles. And in about one minute, she was done. She said, okay, it's good now. Where you get that vacuum from? That was Friday night. So Saturday morning after my son's soccer game. Oh, you better believe I went to the French store Target. And I said, well, if she got one, I'm going to get one. I need this in my life. It is the will of the Lord. The Lord told me so. So then I went. 
and I'm looking down the row of vacuums and the aisle and, and seeing what's up. And then the vacuum she had was $699. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, she can keep that vacuum. In the name of Jesus, <laughs> I will keep using my broom and my little dust thing. In the name of Jesus. But that's not what some of y'all do. Some of you be looking here, you're, you're sick and tired of being a bridesmaid. I, it's my turn to be the bride. God, you owe me this. And then you start using a very foolish argument. God, I've paid my tithes. God, I show up in church. God, I actually serve sometimes. Easter and Mother's Day. But God, I still serve. And so God, listen now God, you better give me what I want. And some of you got, God, why haven't I gotten the promotion? God, why haven't I had a baby? God, why, 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 why? And now you're ready to say, God, you owe me. That's because you serve an American gospel. That believe you have the right. The right, the absolute right. Whatever I want, I need to get right now. And then the last one is the reason why most people leave, leave the faith. Because they think God owes them. Now they think God. It's about time I get what I want. I have been the good shoe. I have, watch this, I, uh, Luke chapter 15. God, I've been the son that stayed home. And so, God, I've been the good one. And you're going to let that little one out there that's living the buck wild crazy life, you're going to bless him with a party, and I've been here the whole time. God, you owe me. And you better give me what I want or else I'm walking away from you. And so the devil will let you walk away because that's exactly what he did too. Walked away. And if you're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, we will believe the American gospel and ignore the biblical gospel. Oh, it's going to make sense in a minute. So why is this so important that we be careful around the horoscope, the palm reader, the tarot cards, the, the seers, the, 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 the astrologists, the, the, the chakras, the sage, the, the self-worship, the crystal ball, the, 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 the Ouija board, the rabbit's foot? Why, why, why is it so important that we be careful what we allow in our lives? Ah. Ah, let's pick it up and let me show you why. Because it belittles God and exalts man. That's all you're saying. You're saying, God, you're not enough. I need more and you can't give it to me. Therefore, I'm going to become my own God and you be the little God in my life. It belittles God and it exalts you. The second in your notes, here's what it says. It says that God is either unable or unwilling to tell me all that is good for me to know. God, why did this happen? What do you mean you're not going to tell? I need to know. Why? Because I just listen to your words. I deserve to know. You don't deserve a doggone thing but death. But for his great mercy. Whenever you forget that all you deserve is death, you become arrogant and you now compete with God. Which is what the American gospel teaches you. You're that important. You are. And God is secondary to your life. Number three. Here's what it says. It's literally, but nobody wants to call it this, rebellion against God. 
It is, God, I am sick of you not meeting my needs. Sorry, you need to change that word. Not meeting your wants. Because you love to say it's a need, but it ain't no need. It's a want. You can survive without it. Now I can't. That's because you don't live buck wild in your teenage years to awaken stuff that should not have been awakened. Now you call it a want, a need, when it really is only a want. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm preaching to somebody. You can run up out of the church. You've heard what you need to hear now. You can run on up out of there. Number three, number four, number four. Here we go. They aim to avoid childlike submission to, to a sovereign God at all costs. What does this mean? This is so important, which means because you can't be submissive in any area of your life, then it spills over to God. So now, when you're a kid, you, did, you were buck wild with your parents. Then you went to college. You cheated your way through there. Then you got your first job, and you don't like nobody that's your boss. Every boss you've ever had, you hate them. The problem ain't the boss no more. The problem, you. Then you get married, but you don't like the spouse, so you flip them, check another one. Then you don't like them, so you get another one. The problem ain't everybody else. The problem is you, because you don't know how to be submissive. In a marriage, you don't know how to be submissive to your husband. The husband don't know how to be submissive to God, and the husband don't know how to do mutual submission either. So then it spills over to God, and you think you can manipulate God like you've manipulated everybody else. Part of the reason you start your own business is because you couldn't work for nobody. Because everybody was always the problem. Preach, Pastor. Say it, dog. You ain't whole. What's wrong with you? You hurt after Easter, Pastor? What's wrong? <laughs> Number five. God has appointed a revealer of his will, and no other medium or revelation should be sought. It's God. It's him. It's the relationship. Let me help you out. The Christian life is a boring life. Did you know that? It is a boring life. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It means you get up and you spend some time with God. Ain't nobody around. Ain't nobody seen it. This ain't on Facebook. This ain't on Insta. This ain't on TikTok. Just you and Jesus. That's boring. Just you and him. Getting to know the beauty of Jesus. Then you get up and you say, all right, God, who you want me to serve today? How can I be a blessing to other people? That ain't no excitement. The problem is you've been living a life where you want excitement. And so you live on the edge. You're always on the edge, on the edge, on the edge. And when it comes to Jesus, he says you don't need to go near the edge. You need to just sit and chill. But because you're so used to the worldly, hey, 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 all of a sudden now, when it's supposed to just be you and Jesus, you're like, I'm bored. That's because you have learned to live on the edge too much. And now you have come to believe that the edge is normal when it really isn't. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, I'm preaching today. It's all right. I'm coming by your lane. I promise you today I'm coming. Next one. Number six says, and no one who, listen, who orients his life around Jesus can turn to the occult for knowledge or power. If Jesus is the prize, Jesus is all you need. And if you really know the beauty of Jesus, then nothing else will suffice. It's only when you only know a part of him that other people can satisfy you. So where are we headed? What, what has this resulted in in the church? What has it resulted in? Here it is. This is what it's resulted in. It's resulted in people now being a certain way toward the church. 
let's pick, let's pick them up. No, 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 go to the other one. It results in the fact that they are either discouraged, not they want to leave. They're either, number two, divided. The people choosing sides. They're either damaged and hurt because they didn't get what they want. Or lastly, they're disillusioned. And so now, especially the next generation, they don't like the picture of Jesus that they see. So then, let's talk about what it means to have the, and to be a part of the American gospel. Here's how it's defined, y'all. Here's how it's defined. It's exchanging, exchange the biblical gospel that exalts Jesus above anything else, listen, in the world for an American gospel, here we go, that prostitutes Jesus for the sake of your comfort, this is me and you, your power or control, which is me and you, your prosperity or me having more money, which is me and you, or we politicize the whole thing and get people to come on our side so that we will vote the same way together. Because I will prostitute Jesus for the sake of power, prosperity, comfort, and politics. And that's all the church has become. Okay, some of you are looking at me crazy like, what is he talking about? I don't know. Okay, come here. It's the reason why most Christians believe today that they should not have, have, have any, cor- any form of discomfort. Because if you feel your discomfort in the name of God, what's going on? No, all of a sudden, you get mad at God because your comforts have been removed. Let me help you out. The rest of the world, the rest of the world, live in discomfort every day. And because God's great mercy has been given to this country in this season, does not mean that it has to be there for the rest of your life. So just because you have comfort now and you don't have wars or room of us wars and your kids can go to school in peace, some of y'all left the, the hood and the inner city and the ghetto because you had to come to Sid Diddy calling in Denton and Dallas County. And now that you're here, you feel, oh, look at God. He's so good to me. Look at God. Look at God. And you think that that same stuff can't happen up here. Let me tell you why it's not here yet. Because of his great mercy. Be careful, one community church. Be careful, family. Because some of you thinking that it will never have, that we're going to be safe. And some of you dare to believe that God would never allow me or my kids to not have a safe environment. My Bible tells me in this world, you're going to have troubles. And just because you don't have none yet, by the way, no, no, no. What y'all call troubles, by the way, ain't no troubles. Some of you me down about, the, the water just won't get hot quick enough. <laughs> At least you got hot water. Some of you like, well, I just can't believe my car. It's just not as nice as it used to be. Just a 22. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. You got it so good, you don't even know how good you got it. But you didn't get it because you deserve it. You get it and you have it because of his great mercy. 
When you go to power, it's the same thing. Prosperity, it's the same thing. All of them are the same. Let, 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 let me show you how this works itself out in the church. Turn, turn with me. Let me show you how. This is so. No, you're going to get mad at me. I promise you. Um, I'm going to lose about four of you all on this one. You're going to get mad. Come here. Let me show you how. Um, so, so there are four ways it impacts the local church. Way number one is there starts to be this division. A division. I want you to go, no, 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 no. Get through all of those and go to the four. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it, we are quick to divide around the idolatry of personal and political convictions. This is the impact of the American gospel. Instead of being eager to unite around Jesus. Okay, you're not feeling me. Let me walk right up your street and make some of y'all so mad. Here we go. I'm going to, everything today I'm going to do on the white side and on the minority side. I'm going to do it that way. And don't get fooled. I'm going to start with the white side. And you're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> and my white folks in the church is going to be like, yeah, that's true. But then sit tight, sit tight, light-colored white members, because I'm going to the black side. Come on, let's go. So on the white side, they, they want to make abortion the biggest thing in the world. And they want to say, you can't, no, 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 no. Nobody's saying it's not an important issue. Everybody's saying, you want to march about that, but you don't want to march about people going to hell. So you want to march about that? Don't clap here, don't clap here. I'm setting you up. Don't clap here. So, 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 so what I'm saying is, everybody wants to say, oh, yeah, that's the biggest issue ever. And if you're not doing that issue, I'm done. I, I don't want to talk to you. I hate you. I, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did that come from? There is something actually more important than that. And that's the priority of the gospel. The gospel says folk going to a crisis eternity and you need to strategize just like you strategize it around abortion. You need to strategize around getting folk, the, 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 the over 5 billion people that don't know Jesus to come to do him too. Don't, don't, whoa, 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 don't clap yet, black folk. Don't clap yet. Because on your side, you get real passionate about Black Lives Matter. And the pain of your history. And you make that everything. You ain't never marched to tell the community that they needed Jesus. But oh, you'll get your shirt on. And oh, you'll stand up with your shoulders broad. And oh, I'm going to tell the world. It's our time now. We're in charge now. Be careful. It's revealing your priorities. And it's revealing that Jesus is not the most important thing to you. It's revealing that something else is. Nobody is throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I am not saying that you shouldn't stand up for issues and convictions that you have. They just cannot be more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know. I'm going to get a couple letters today. Uh-huh. I know I'm going to get some today, boy. Let's go to number two. We, we're just getting started. Come here. We're just getting started. Number two. You're not going to like this one either. We're still segregated by the color of our skin. Because we want comfort. So because we love comfort so much, we be like, yeah, just need, you know. So, 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 so on my Indian and on my white and on my Asian side, they would say something like, I just don't understand why you need two hours of service. You just don't need two hours. You can get it over in 45 minutes. 
I don't know why you need all that rhythm. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why you need to clap and dance and people running sometimes, people falling out. You don't, just let's engage your brains. Don't laugh. I'm telling you, I'm coming to you. And then on my darker complexion people, they say, well, this is the only time we get to be us. Every time we go to a job, we're the minority. This is the only time we get to be the majority. It just feels good to be around our people. Because our people just make us feel so good. You laugh now, laugh, laugh, laugh. It's this, 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 Instead of, we segregate, instead of enjoying the multi-ethnic beauty that is inside the church. When you know that, that it's only because of his great mercy, then you will inconvenience yourself and not let comfort and not let prosperity drive all your decisions. Some of y'all only come here because, ooh, you know, if you, if you want to be in the who's who of, uh, in Collin County of, of, of people, then you need to come here. There, there's some politicians that just come around here when it's time for you to vote. And they believe that if I just come and hobnob a little bit, I, I can win you over. I'm not coming year one or year two or year three. I'm only coming on year four. And they think. We're stupid enough to give them the pulpit. They think we're stupid enough that we don't have no brain, that we can't see your patterns. And for too many of us, they win us over without even thinking about it. Let's go on. Let's go. Let me see if he can take any more. I got three more, but I don't think I can make it. You're going to run out of here before I get there. Next one, next one, next one. Here we go. The next one says... We use the word of God as a weapon in a culture war. Listen to me, please. Instead of holding on to a conviction of the word while sharing it with compassion. Now, for sure I'm going to lose four on this one. <clears throat> no, listen. Whenever I get close to you, it means it's coming. <clears throat> no, just because somebody don't have the same sexual persuasion like you do. Mm-hmm. So quiet right now. Don't mean you use the Bible as a club. No, some of you be thinking, oh my gosh, you're saying just let everybody in. No, that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that for years, just like they have a sin they struggle with, you got a sin you struggle with too. Stop. And if you don't have a sin you struggle with, yours is arrogance. Since Paul had one, you have one. So since because of his great mercy, he showed you grace. Then don't demand that people act right before they know right. 
because you ain't acting right and you know better right now. Let me say it a little further for somebody who this was true. You shouldn't have spent the night at his house last night. But you were there. And you are, you are pleading on his great mercy today. Then if they come in here as a cross dresser, it means you need to love them and show them what God's love looks like. No, I'm not asking anybody to put away what the Bible says, but I am asking you to realize that when Jesus came on earth, he, the people that hated him the most were Christians or Pharisees. And the people he hung out with the most was people who were sick that needed a healer. So be careful, you not so well, you don't need a healer. Be careful that you shacking and looking down on the person that's struggling with the homosexual lifestyle. You can't, you can't get it, you can't handle it, do you? It's all right. Just buy, just buy me a ticket to Jamaica. I'll go back. I'll go back. But make it first class, only first class, only first class. <laughs> right, number four, number four, number four. You can't handle no more. I got two more, but you can't handle it. Watch it. We get caught up in debating justice instead of doing justice. You want to get caught up and go on social media and just rattle off. With brrr, boom, brrr, boom, and you want to do it instead of the person next door to you that's in need of a voice. And you don't want to be the voice for them. You just want to stay in your little office at home and just rattle off what you believe. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take up your cross daily. Die to yourself. And follow Jesus. Next one. It says, when view, viewing God as a means to an end instead of seeing God as the end itself. Don't come up here talking about, let me start a little pyramid scheme in here so that I get a lot of people in my small group to like what I like so that we all can be doing the same thing. That's using God for your own benefit. My God. Last one. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, preach, pastor. You're living for the prosperity of our nation instead of living out the proclamation to all nations about Christ. What you want is you're craving prosperity. If you crave, if you crave somebody getting saved as much as you crave money, we would have had a billion people saved already. Everything is, yeah, man, I'm trying to live my best life now. Yeah, man, financially independent. Yeah, man, I'm going to start my LLC. Yeah, man, I'm going to get my stuff so I can lock it down. And I'm going to get it all so ain't nobody can get my money because I don't trust God that he's going to protect me. So I'm going to lock my stuff down so ain't nobody can get what I built for myself and what I got. If you would put that much energy into finding out how somebody who don't know God can know God, then the whole world would be different today. But when the light has gone out and no longer is the light shining this light, no wonder we sit in darkness today. No wonder. So then what are you saying, Pastor Conway? What are you saying? Come on out here, GB. What I'm trying to suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that Jesus Christ should be the thing that you desire the most. 
And there should be nothing else that dilutes Jesus. The problem is, as a church, we have slowly allowed other things to dilute Jesus in our lives. And because we have, then I'll put one more in there. Because we have, then all of a sudden now, it's not just Jesus, it's now other things, including the American gospel, that we have now diluted with Jesus. So now the world can't see the purity of Jesus. They see all the other mess associated with Jesus. So now they don't even know who this is. Because it's not just the white, it's the pink. It's the white. Who is this? And who we have become is a church that does not have the bright lights of Jesus anymore. We have the watered down, dim light of Jesus. All because we've allowed other things inside of our lives. So what do we do with this? The question becomes, what do we do with this? How do we begin the process of processing this? Well, well, the way you do it is you realize your priorities. You see, the priority is not supposed to be, in the first place, our personal opinions and convictions. The priority is supposed to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what churches and individuals have done is we have taken the prize. And we have said... The prize is not the gospel. The prize is how I feel about the issues in the culture. Because the culture don't have Jesus to look to, they only have their opinions. And so now the culture has infiltrated the church. So now church people are thinking and doing what worldly people do, which is to place our own personal convictions and our own opinions as most important, and we hold on to these. And we don't care if anybody doesn't think like me, I don't want to talk to you. If anybody doesn't act like me, I'm unfriending you. If anybody don't think and do what I want them to do, then I want to have nothing to do with them. And without knowing it, we have become... Just like the world. And the danger is, when we become like the world, then the world don't see Jesus. Because we're supposed to be the bride of Christ. So what am I suggesting then in closing? I'm suggesting that you make the gospel your priority and you make decisions in this order, the gospel first. Then how do we surround each other and fight for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then you put your personal opinions and convictions third place, not first place. Even if some of them include things from the Bible, you still must make sure it's gospel-centered and not just theologically centered without it being gospel-centered. Because the world will know that there is a Jesus when he sees you prioritizing the things of God. Now, therefore, go make disciples, orienting them around my word so that they can bring all of life under the lordship of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Father, will you help this body of believers abandon the American gospel and embrace the biblical gospel? Because of his 
great mercy. We were not consumed. Therefore, help us not to have unrealistic expectations or demands. But help us, God, to realize that anything you allow us to have is a gift that we don't deserve. But we're grateful that we have it. Help everybody under the sound of my voice to understand fully that we don't get to demand things, but we ask. And if it's his will, then we'll enjoy it. Because after all, we're not looking for the stuff of God. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Will you create a church of believers at OCC that's satisfied with Jesus? So that you're most glorified when we seek after you and make you the priority. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people who understand his great mercy says, Amen. Amen.